So are doctrine and apologetics important? Well, yeah. And Dr. Michael Gleghorn explains why you need to get it right here on Probe. Just prior to beginning college, I committed my life to Christ. Naturally, as a new believer wanting to grow in my faith, I embarked upon a program of daily Bible reading. When I came to Paul's letter to Titus in the New Testament, I was both struck and inspired by a particular command, which I found nestled among others there in the first chapter. Paul reminded Titus, whom he had left on the island of Crete, that he wanted him to straighten out what was left unfinished and appoint elders in the local churches which had been established. After listing various spiritual and moral qualifications that an elder was to have, Paul went on to insist that he must also hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught, so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. When I first read those words, it was as if a light went on inside my head and I thought, that's exactly what I would like to do. I want to be able to encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Paul's words thus encouraged me to take up in a serious way the study of Christian doctrine and apologetics. But what exactly do I mean by Christian doctrine and apologetics? At its most basic level, Christian doctrine is essentially the same thing as Christian teaching. Such teaching aims at providing a logically consistent and coherent explication of what the Christian believes. Apologetics is a bit more complicated. It comes from the Greek term apologia and means defense. It was often used in law courts in the ancient world. Indeed, the book of Acts records several instances in which the apostle Paul was called upon to make a defense of himself before various governing authorities like Felix, Festus, and Agrippa. Of course, when we're talking about Christian apologetics, we're concerned with making a defense of the truth claims of Christianity. The Apostle Peter tells us, always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who calls you to account for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and reverence. Christian doctrine and apologetics play an important role in the life and health of the church. So please join us tomorrow as we delve more deeply into these issues. This has been Probe with your host, Dr. Michael Gleghorn. Hopefully you know why Christian apologetics and doctrine are important. And just in case you want to brush up, get your free copy of Michael's transcript, The Value of Christian Doctrine and Apologetics, at probe.org. That's probe.org. Then join us next time as we reclaim and proclaim the truth, God's truth, here on Probe. Christian doctrine and apologetics play an important role in the life and health of the church. We'll talk about apologetics later. For now, let's focus on Christian doctrine. Why is Christian doctrine important for the life and health of the church? The Apostle Paul told Titus that he wanted him to appoint elders in the local church who would be able to encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. The teaching of sound Christian doctrine is important for several reasons, but I only have time to mention two. First, sound Christian doctrine helps us to learn what is true about both God and ourselves. Second, it reminds us of the right way to live in light of such truths. And both of these are essential for the life and health of the church. First, it's important to know what is true about God and ourselves. Indeed, our eternal destiny depends on it. Not only must we know that God is holy and righteous and will punish all sin, we must also realize that we are sinners. But this in itself would lead to despair, 
Hence, we must also understand that God loves us and sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. We need to grasp that forgiveness and reconciliation with God are freely available to those who turn to Christ in repentance and faith. Sound Christian doctrine is thus essential for salvation. Without it, true spiritual life and health is impossible. But this does not exhaust the importance of Christian doctrine. For once we are saved through faith in Christ, God then calls us to grow up and become like His Son. And this would be exceedingly difficult apart from instruction in sound Christian doctrine. As Christian philosopher Bill Craig observes, if we want to live correctly for Christ, we need to first think correctly about Christ. If your thinking is skewed and off-base, it is going to affect your life and your Christian discipleship. Indeed, the Apostle Paul contrasts Christian maturity, characterized by genuine knowledge of the Son of God, with spiritual immaturity, characterized by a lack of such knowledge and a proneness to being deceived. God calls us to Christian maturity, and instruction in Christian doctrine plays an important role in our spiritual growth. But there is also a role for Christian apologetics, and we'll discuss that role tomorrow. Many people question the value of Christian apologetics for the life and health of the church. They contend that it's impossible to argue anyone into becoming a Christian. Instead of making a defense for the truth of Christianity, we ought rather to invest our limited resources in preaching the gospel of Christ, trusting that God will open people's hearts and draw them to himself. Now, while I certainly agree that we should be preaching the gospel and trusting that God will use it to draw men and women to himself, this negative view of apologetics is frankly unbiblical, untrue, and short-sighted. In the first place, such a view is unbiblical. Both Jesus and the Apostle Paul used arguments and evidence to convince their listeners of particular theological truths. Moreover, the Apostle Peter tells us to always be ready to make a defense or offer an apologetic to those who ask about our hope in Christ. A negative view of Christian apologetics thus runs counter to the teaching of Scripture. Second, it's simply untrue that no one ever comes to Christ through apologetic arguments and evidence. Indeed, sometimes the Holy Spirit actually uses arguments and evidence to draw people to Christ. And while such people may admittedly be in the minority, they can be extremely influential in commending the faith to others, for they are often prepared to offer good reasons for believing that Christianity is really true. Finally, a negative view of Christian apologetics is short-sighted. The great theologian J. Gresham Machen argued that we should aim to create favorable conditions for the reception of the gospel. Along these lines, he noted the difficulty of attempting to do evangelism once we've given up offering an intellectually credible case for the truth of Christianity. We may preach with all the fervor of a reformer, he said, and yet succeed only in winning a straggler here and there if we permit the whole collective thought of the nation to be controlled by ideas which prevent Christianity from being regarded as anything more than a harmless delusion. Machen understood that neglecting apologetics is short-sighted, for unless we offer arguments and evidence, we make it that much easier for people to simply shrug their shoulders and continue ignoring Christianity's truth claims. Having now dismantled the arguments against apologetics, tomorrow we'll consider its benefits for the life and health of the Church. Christian apologetics is concerned to offer a robust defense for the truth of Christianity. Hence, training in Christian apologetics can be of great value for the life and health of the Church. 
This is because such training helps to instill within believers a deep confidence that Christianity is really true. And when one becomes convinced that Christianity is really true, one is typically more likely to share one's faith with others, and less likely to abandon the faith when confronted with various social, cultural, and intellectual pressures. Let's consider that first point, that when one becomes convinced of Christianity's truth, one is more likely to share this truth with others. Many Christians admit to being hesitant about sharing their faith because they're afraid someone will ask them a question that they are ill-prepared to answer. Training in apologetics can help counteract this fear. Granted, one may still be asked a question that is difficult to answer, but apologetics training can help alleviate the fear associated with such situations by helping believers understand that good answers are available, even if they can't remember what those answers are. To give an illustration, if I learn that there is excellent evidence that a particular drug can cure some disease, then I will be far more confident about sharing this fact with others, even if I can't answer all their questions about how the medicine works. I may not remember exactly how it works, but I do know that there is very good evidence that it works, and knowing this, I will naturally be more confident telling others about it, even if I can't answer all their questions about how or why. Moreover, training in apologetics can help insulate believers from abandoning the faith, for they now know that there are good reasons to believe that Christianity is really true. Of course, most people who abandon the faith do so for non-intellectual reasons. Still, as Paul Chamberlain observes, a number of vocal critics who have moved from Christianity to atheism cite intellectual difficulties with Christianity as a prime reason for quitting the faith. While apologetics training can't completely prevent such outcomes, it can make them less likely. After all, it's far more difficult to abandon a view once you've become sincerely convinced of its truth. In tomorrow's episode, we'll conclude our discussion by emphasizing the importance of Christian doctrine and apologetics for the Church's witness to the world. Over a hundred years ago, the theologian J. Gresham Machen forcefully argued that, for the faithful Christian, all of life, including the arts and sciences and every sphere of intellectual endeavor, must be humbly consecrated to the service of God. Indeed, this should be true not only for every individual Christian in particular, but for the entire church in general. Our witness to the world depends on it. Machen wrote, Christianity must pervade not merely all nations, but all of human thought. The Christian, therefore, cannot be indifferent to any branch of earnest human endeavor. It must all be brought into some relation to the gospel. It must be studied, either in order to be demonstrated as false, or else in order to be made useful in advancing the kingdom of God. The church must seek to conquer not merely every man for Christ, but also the whole of man. This week we've been considering the importance of Christian doctrine and apologetics for the life and health of the church. And clearly, Machen's proposal cannot be effectively implemented apart from a healthy understanding of these issues on the part of the church. After all, how can all of human thought be brought into some relation to the gospel unless we first understand what the gospel is? How can views be demonstrated as false unless we first have some idea of what's true and how to reason correctly about it? How can views be made useful in advancing the kingdom of God unless we first understand such views, along with how and why they can be useful in advancing God's kingdom? If we are ever to have a hope of carrying out a project like this, in a manner that is both practically effective and faithful to our God, then sound Christian doctrine and apologetics 
must occupy a central role in our endeavors. Christian doctrine and apologetics are not antithetical to the life and health of the Church. They are rather of fundamental importance. Only by knowing what we believe and why it's really true can we fulfill Peter's injunction to always be ready to make a defense to anyone who asks about our hope in Christ. And only thus can we progress to true spiritual maturity, avoiding the craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. So if we care about the life and health of the Church, along with its witness to the world, we must encourage a healthy dose of respect for sound Christian doctrine and apologetics.